Well, good morning, Southview. How are we? Welcome, welcome. Glad that you are here. My name is Brad. I'm the pastor here at Southview. It's so good to have you with us today. If you're a guest worshiping with us, welcome. We'd love to connect with you, know who you are, that you're with us here. Uh, best way you can do that is to grab your cell phone and text the word CONNECT to the number on the screen, 910-424-1298. Just text CONNECT. We'll send a link to you. Click on that, answer a couple of questions, and submit it back in. Just so we know who you are, how we can pray for you, connect with you in the best way possible, because we are so glad that you are worshiping with us today. I, I got three big announcements for you, all right? Here's our big three for today. Big announcement number one, uh, we have a business meeting uh, directly after the second service, so it'll be about 12.15. If you're going to stick around for that, uh, please uh, get your children after the service before you go to the business meeting, all right? Pick up your kids first, then go to the business meeting. We'll be in the FLC, try to start around 12.15. This will be to vote on transitioning Pastor Steve Aldi from our children, family pastor to our discipleship pastor. So that will be directly after the 11 o'clock service. Uh, announcement number two, uh, we're going to begin uh, our first church membership class for 2021. We're going to start that January 24th. It'll run for three weeks during the 9.30 hour. Uh, January 24th, January 31st, and February 7th. Text the word MEMBER to our number, 910-424-1298, to sign up for that. And then number three, on February 6th, we're going to have a men's breakfast. Saturday morning, February 6th, if you want to sign up for that, text BREAKFAST to our number, 910-424-1298. Uh, we'll start about 8 o'clock, eat our weight in bacon, encourage one another in the word, and hang out for a while. It's a great way to, it's a great way to start a Saturday, all right? So come hang out with us, text breakfast to sign up for that you know as we begin our worship here today i want to read a scripture to you to kind of set us in the spirit and flow of worship john 15 5 we're going to look at this later on during our sermon but i want to kind of start out with it today john 15 5 says whoever abides in me and i in him he it is that bears much fruit and listen to this last part this is where i want to focus in on for apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, I know we immediately in our minds go, well, I woke up this morning and I brushed my teeth and I got dressed, I got in the car and I drove here. I mean, you can do things. But the big push this is trying to explain to us is you can't do things of eternal value. You can't bear out real genuine spiritual fruit apart from Jesus Christ. You can't do it on your own, in your own strength, in your own ability. Jesus has to do this in you. And this is a utmost importance for us as we're about to worship here together because the truth is this you can come to church in your own strength apart from Christ you can sit in here apart from Christ you can sing songs apart from Christ you can read the scriptures and listen to a sermon and pray and give all apart from Christ but you cannot bear out legitimate fruits of worship apart from Christ and so what I want us to do this morning is I want us to kind of set the stage for us in prayer that we would not just stand and sing songs, but that we would engage in genuine worship through the power of the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ living in you. I, I want to encourage you, if you can just bow your heads just for a moment. I want to, I want to just, just guide us in prayer before we jump in and we worship, okay? Okay. 
and, and I want to encourage you to pray with me. One, can we just acknowledge to God that apart from Christ, we can't do anything? Apart from Christ, you can't truly worship the Lord. This isn't something you work up in your own strength. You don't worship today because we play your favorite song. You worship today because you are in Christ and Christ is in you. So let's acknowledge right now, Jesus, we can only truly worship because of you. And apart from you, we can do nothing, especially not worship you. So Jesus, we ask that today the truth of that becomes so real in us and that apart from you, we cannot truly worship you. God, we proclaim today that you are the only one worthy of worship. We confess that there are other things we've been trying to put as ultimate in our lives. We reject all of that today, and we know that you are the only one worthy of worship. So right now, this morning, just, just confess that to Jesus, that he is the only one truly worthy of your worship. Lord God, we praise you today. We praise you that you are, that John 4 says, that you are actively seeking out people to worship you. You want worshipers and you're actively pursuing us in this room right now to be worshipers. You want that. You delight in that. You desire that. So I pray, Lord, that we'll give ourselves to you in that. I want to encourage you this morning. In just a moment, we're going to stand. We're going to sing. Don't just, again, stand and do it in your own strength, but ask the Holy Spirit to empower you to do true, genuine worship, praising, honoring, glorifying Jesus as the greatest treasure in the universe, professing the Christ that you just want to know him more and live in him more deeply and experience him to a greater level and to have him be more... uh, 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 more, have him to take even more. So Lord, I pray that you'll do this in us today. We thank you for this. I thank you, Jesus, that you promise that you are doing this. I thank you, Jesus, that you are going to fill us with true fruit of worship this morning. I thank you, God, that you are seeking after people to worship you in this way, that you want us to do this, you're empowering us to do this, and you are going to be glorified as we seek after you in worship. Thank you, Jesus. Do this in us today pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Let's stand together, guys. Let's worship the Lord. Good morning, church. Let's sing together. I can see the clouds rolling. I can see the winds they try to shape me. I will not be moved. My feet are on the rock. Joy. 
God of mercy and the God who saves our solid rock in Christ Jesus we shall not falter we shall not fail our hope is built on him let's see
Coming off, coming off the heels of that song, um, we we desperately need to know our need. When we say, sing, you know, I need you, Lord, I need you. We. Do you really believe that? Is that deep in your heart? Like, I need Jesus, and apart from him, I've got nothing. You know, one of the things that I, um, pastoral New Year's resolution, um, one of the things I want us to do moving forward is to, to, to really focus and set more time aside during our worship time here on Sundays for corporate prayer, for us to be praying together here in this room. You know, we pray individually, the altar is open, but, but us truly praying together. And, and there are two big reasons for, for that. I want us to do that. One is, um, as you're around people praying, you learn how to pray, right? Prayer is more caught than taught, right? If you're around people praying, you learn how to pray, 
right? There's a reason why you break into Old English whenever you pray, because the, you know, Mr. So-and-so, whenever he came down to pray for the offering when growing up, always did that, and so you just kind of got it, right? You don't walk into the kitchen and go to your, you know, wife and say, what's about for dinner, right? You don't do that. You learn that, and so we wants to teach you how to pray and so praying together corporately teaches you how to do that and the second reason we want to be praying together more often in sunday mornings is because honestly god just does miraculous things as his people gather together and pray god just answers prayer and so we want to see him do that as we as we go through praying together i want us to kind of have as our thought process how jesus taught us to pray in matthew chapter 6 Jesus teaches his disciples how to pray. And he says, pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. You know, he's praising God for who he is and submitting himself to his authority. He's asking God to provide for his needs. He's confessing his sin and offering forgiveness to those who have sinned against him. He's praying for spiritual protection because we actually are in a battle against an actual enemy, Satan. And so these are the things that are going to be guiding our prayers as we're praying for these things together on Sunday. So I want to encourage you, I just want to start by praying over us. If we can just kind of bow our heads for a moment. You know, one of the great prayer warriors of the 20th century, a man by the name of E.M. Bounds, said that the church does not need better programs or better machinery. The, what the church needs are people who pray. And to that we say yes and amen. As Jonathan Edwards was leading the great awakening that shook our young nation. This was the scripture that drove him. Zechariah 12.10. The prophet Zechariah says, I will pour out a spirit of grace and prayer on the house of David and the residents of Jerusalem. And Jonathan Edwards prayed this and said, Lord God, just like you were pouring out a spirit of prayer on your people then, pour out a spirit of prayer on your people now. Make us a praying people. Unless we pray, nothing powerful and miraculous is going to happen. And that's the same thing I'm praying over us, that the Lord will pour out a spirit of, of grace and prayer on us, the house of Southview Baptist Church. We would be people mighty, mighty in prayer. So, Lord, I confess and repent of the half-hearted way in which we have treated prayer in our corporate worship services. It's been the way that we open and the way that we close and the way that we transition and get people on and off the stage. But have we actually just said, no, we're going to pray? I confess and repent on behalf of your people that treat prayer and corporate time as a spectator sport and just listen to a pastor pray rather than themselves actually praying also. Pray, God, that you would convict us of this and that we would truly pray together. Just like the prophet Zechariah, I pray 
over us here at the House of Southview, God, that you would pour out a spirit of grace and prayer on us, just like Jonathan Edwards prayed over his people, leading them into the Great Awakening, that you would pour out a spirit of prayer on us, that we'd be people who pray. God, I, I, I pray that a, 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 a real expectation of faith is going to rise up in us, that we are so excited about how you're going to engage with your people as we pray engaging with you, seeking after you, submitting ourselves to you, calling out in your name. I thank you for the great and amazing, miraculous things you're going to do. I thank you that you're going to teach people to pray and encourage them in their own personal prayer lives. I thank you, God, that you are going to stir up greater prayer in us as a body. I thank you, God, that you're going to answer our prayers. We're going to see you move in such powerful ways. I just ask you, Lord, God, that we just just full of faith and excitement and joy in you that you hear and speak to and engage with and answer the prayers of your people for your glory. And I pray that you'll do this more and more and more and more and more. Thank you, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, we are definitely excited. I so I'm going to say something that you've never heard. You ready? I am super excited for 2021. I'm not even joking. I am pumped for 2021. Um, we often call 2020 a dumpster fire. I think that's unfair to dumpsters and fire. It did not go the way anyone was expecting. And no one really knows what 2021 is going to hold. But I, here's what I do know. God is desiring to do a great work in his people. I know that for a fact, and that's what makes me excited. We jumped last week into John chapter 15, and we're doing a little series beginning the year in John 15 called Bear Fruit. We're going to be back in there again today. And as we're walking through the series, what we're saying is this. God desires to bear fruit out in his people. God desires to bear fruit out in you as a follower of Jesus Christ. He desires to bear out true, lasting, eternal spiritual fruits. He wants to do that in you. Uh, last week, the scripture we looked at was John 15, 16. It says, you did not choose me, this is Jesus talking, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. And we saw two big ideas. One, it is God's plan that you will bear fruit. Right? That is his plan. He, he chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit. And then two, we saw that everything in your life is perfectly used by God to bear fruit out in you. Well, the situation you're in, the circumstance you're in, the temptation you're in, the trial you're in, the, the, the mountain peak of life you're in. Every spot that you're in is perfectly used by God to bear fruit out in you. When it says that he appointed you, that word means that he placed you. He not only plucked you out of a sin-soaked world, he placed you in certain situations that are going to bear out the most fruit in your life. Be of good courage, brothers and sisters. God is working. He loves you. He delights in you. Jesus Christ, by faith, lives in you, and he is seeking to bear out much spiritual fruit in you. So today... We're going to continue on in that idea, and we're going to start walking through how do we bear fruit. So how do we do that? What does that look like? So we're going to start today in John 15, and we're just going to look at verses 4 and 5. All right, so let's read those together. John 15, 4 and 5. 
Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. All right, so we're going to kind of walk through and pick these scriptures apart, but here's the big idea for today. We bear fruit by abiding in Christ. All right, that's our big idea for the day. As we go through the next few weeks, we're going to kind of build on this and get pieces. We're going to talk about God's word. We're going to talk about prayer. We're going to talk about um, obeying the commands of God. We're going to talk about experiencing God's love, living in joy. We're going to talk about all of these different aspects of how we bear fruit. But what I want you to understand today is it all begins with this. We bear fruit by abiding in Christ. So, that very easily begs the question, well, what in the world does that mean? What does it mean to abide in Christ? So here's a little definition. What does it mean to abide? To abide in Christ means to be completely emptied of self and live only in the life, power, and strength of Jesus. To be completely and totally emptied of yourself and to live only in the life, power, and strength of Jesus. The word abide means to live, to remain, right? To, to dwell together. This idea that you, you are in Christ and Christ is in you. And the only way that you can bear fruit is if you stay in him. You're abiding in Christ. You are emptying yourself. You're emptying yourself of, of, of self-will, self-fulfillment, self-empowerment. And you're just trusting Christ for everything. And this is a significant mindset shift, okay? Because here, here's the way we talk about the Christian life. And I'm not wanting to get into semantics and pick things apart and use this word and you should have used that word. That's not the point of this. But I want to kind of drill down in on how being self-reliant has become so ingrained in American Christianity. And we've got to pick that apart and pry that out until we can really understand what it means to abide in Christ, Okay? Think about the way we talk about our Christian faith. We talk about the fact that Jesus is so important to my life. Jesus is at the center of my life. Jesus is my ultimate priority in my life. And I know what we're trying to say in that. And I know we're saying it in the best of intentions. And again, I'm not trying to just pick words apart. But you're not defining actual Christianity when you talk about it like that. Colossians 3, 4 says that Christ is your life. He's not a big part of it. Christ is your life. He's not the main priority of your life. Does that make sense? It's not that, that, that Jesus is this spoke in the middle of the wheel and all these other things are coming out, but they're all linking to Jesus and he's really, really, really important. He's my center. No, he is your life. So it, it works like this. So if you're tempted to sin, how do you approach that temptation? How do you deal with that temptation? Do you deal with it by saying things like, okay, no, I'm not going to do this. I, last time, I swore it was the last time, and it is, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do this. What are you doing in that? You're depending on you. Instead of maybe going at it from a different perspective of temptation comes and it's Jesus Christ. You are my life. You are my everything. I love you more than anything. Empower me, Jesus, to say no to this temptation. 
And again, it's not a matter of semantics. That's a matter of Jesus being your life and being your source and being your everything, or you still trying in some way to do it in your own strength. Or if there's something that you're trying to figure out, and you say, okay, I've got to think this thing through. I've got to figure this thing out. That's you depending on your own strength versus Jesus, you've given me your mind, Anoint my thinking, fill me with your spirit, give me your thoughts, show me your ways. What is it you want me to do in this? Christ is now your life. And I know people say, well, God gave you a mind and he gave you an an, an intellect and he gave you common sense. You need to use those things. And yes, amen, you do. But even those things, your mind, your brain, your common sense, your intellect, must be submitted to Christ and filled and empowered by the Holy Spirit. It's it's very sneaky. The Song of Solomon says, beware of the little foxes. The idea that it's these little things that creep into your life that end up eating up all the fruits. That's exactly what Solomon is talking about. Little tiny creatures that sneak in under the fence and they eat up all your fruit. It's not that a massive storm came through and wiped out your crops. It's the little tiny things that come in and eat it up. And these little tiny sins of self-reliance, self-determination, self-will, self-importance, self-empowerment is eating up your spiritual fruits. If you want to bear true, lasting, eternal fruits, you must abide in Christ. That means you completely empty yourself of all self-will, self-empowerment. You just trust Christ. This is the way the Bible talks about Christianity. Galatians 2.20. It is no longer I who live. It is Jesus who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Everything is about Christ's life in me, not me trying to do the best that I can. Does that make sense? Abide in him. So how do we do that? How do we abide in Christ? I'll give you three things. First, see your need. You have to see, feel, experience your need for Jesus. You have to feel how desperately in need you are of Christ living his life out through you. Uh, The great reformer Martin Luther says this scripture does not say that you can only do a little, but it says that you can do literally nothing. Look again, if you have the scriptures with you, uh, verses 4 and 5. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. In the last line of verse 5, apart from me, you can do nothing. That truth must hang on your soul. You must know deep in your heart that apart from Christ, you legitimately, truly can't do anything. The problem is we still think we can do a little. You understand what I'm saying? We still think we can do it a little. No, I need Jesus. Don't get me wrong. I know I need Jesus. But on a practical level, you live out your daily existence in your own strength, your own power, your own intellect, your own understanding, your own abilities. Think about all the things we try to do in our own strength, marriage and parenting and career and bearing out spiritual growth. 
Is there any wonder we often feel so fruitless in these things? Maybe, brothers and sisters, because we're really trying to do it in our own strength. And you know why I know that you're trying to do it in your own strength? Because I am trying to do it in my own strength. I know, I know what this is like. To look in the mirror and realize, Fred, what are, you're, you're trying to do this in your own strength. Yes, you're, you're, you're putting a cross in the middle of it and you're saying, Jesus, help me and bless my mess. But I'm trying to do this in my own strength. In John 15, verse 1, the verse, verse of this passage, this chapter 15, Jesus says, I am the true vine. And that word true is, is, is interesting. It means the, the, the real deal, the real article, the legitimate, genuine one. And in other words, for him to, the reason he tells you that he's a true vine is because there are a lot of fake ones who are trying to tell you that you can get strength through them. And the primary one I want us to drill down on today is you. The, the, the greatest enemy to Brad Lynch bearing fruit is Brad Lynch. The person across from me isn't my biggest problem. The situation I'm facing isn't my biggest problem. I am my biggest problem. Just like Eve in Genesis chapter 3 in the Garden of Eden. What did she think? If I pluck this fruit and I eat this fruit, I'm going to be like God and I can do it my own way. And that has never changed. We're still thinking that we can do it ourselves. Brothers and sisters, step one is this. Do you actually see, believe, feel in your heart that apart from Christ you truly can't do anything? God's goal, let me go ahead and just, let's start 2021 off with a bang. You ready? God's goal is to put you in a position where you realize apart from him you've got, you can't do it. I know you've been told that God will never give you more than you can handle. That is not true. That is a lie. In fact, the opposite is true. It is God's goal to put enough on you where you finally realize, I can't do this. If God never put enough on, never put more on you than you can handle, who's the hero of that story? You are. Golly gee, look how strong you are. Boy, that person can handle a lot, can't they? You're the hero. You're the Superman. The whole point of Christianity is you can't do it and Jesus will he will because he loves you because he loves you if you have kids have you ever you're right you get to a point where you go you got to let them fall right you got to let them fall they, they got to learn this and Jesus loves you so much he's going to let you come to a point where you realize I can't do this on my own strength anymore I can't do this by myself anymore step one is going to be God putting you in situations and allowing things in your life so that this truth becomes reality where you realize deep in your heart, apart from Christ, I can do nothing. Nothing. And as that truth settles in, I want to ask a question. Are you willing to ask God to put you in whatever situation he needs to to make this truth a reality in you? Are you willing to do that? You can trust him. You can trust him. Trust him. He loves you. He cares for you deeply. He wants 
he, he wants to bear out his life in you. Are you willing to say to the Lord, you can do whatever you need to in my life, whatever you desire in my life. I trust you completely. Like we read in Matthew 6 earlier, the Lord's Prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You do in me whatever it is you need to do. I want to just live out your life and trust you and abide in you and not in my own strength. If that's something you're willing to pray, I would encourage you to. I think that's the best way to be. I think that's the only way to be. Remember, remember how Jesus himself described Christianity? Pick up your cross. Die to yourself. Right? This is exactly what he's telling you. Realize that you have to die. But then comes the next part. Trust Jesus to do his part. Look at verse 4 again. Abide in me, and Jesus says, and I in you. And again in verse 5, he'll say the middle part of verse 5, whoever abides in me and I in him. Jesus is promising to abide in you, live in you, remain in you, and never leave you. This is foundational. I love this. This is awesome. Jesus is swearing by his own word that when you believe and trust by faith in him, he will remain, abide, live, dwell, stay with you, and you can't kick him out. You can't do it. It's not possible. You can't evict him. He's there. Have you ever had someone, okay, have you ever just completely been just jacking something up? Just completely messing it up? Maybe a marriage, maybe a, a, a work situation, maybe just, just whatever it is. And you had someone look at you and say, if you don't get this straight, I'm leaving. You know what Jesus looks at you and says? I'm never leaving you. So now you can finally get this thing straight. You see the difference? He's not threatening. Either you bear spiritual fruit or I am out. He's saying, I am going to abide in you forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. So now we can finally get down to business and do some stuff. I'm going to abide in you. I'm going to remain in you. I'm going to stay in you. I'm going to dwell in you. Remember, we saw last week, John 15, 16, Jesus says, you did not choose me. I chose you. I love that. When Jesus chose you, you were a sinner. You weren't perfect. He's not looking for superstars to help him sell toothpaste. He's not in the ad business. He came to you when you were his enemy. And he gave you faith and he changed you and he made you new. And he came and lived and dwelled. He abides in you. And he says, I'm never going to leave. And now we can finally bear out some fruit. How do you bear out fruit? You trust Jesus is doing his part. You trust that Jesus is working in you. You trust that Jesus is never going to leave or forsake you. You trust that you can never scare him off. Right? Re remember when you were, uh, before you were married, um, at least I hope it was before you were married and not after you were married, you were dating. Right? And so, uh, date number one, you don't show them all you're crazy, right? You don't show them all the crazy, right? Like, you, are, you are the most normal person you could possibly be. Right? You wait till you got your hooks into them, then you start showing them the crazy. Like, I already got you. Here we go. Jesus went in day one already knowing you're crazy. Right? He already knew. 
And he says, I'm not leaving you. I'm not forsaking you. I'm not abandoning you. I'm not fleeing from you. I promise by my own word and authority, by my character and nature, you can bank on the fact that I am always going to remain and abide in you because you have trusted by faith in me. Now we can get down to business and bear some fruit, which empowers you to do the final part, obey Jesus' commandment to do what you're supposed to do in your part, abide in him. You see this in verse 4 and 5 again as well. Begins in verse 4, Jesus says, you abide in me. Again in verse 5, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Whoever abides in me, he it is that bears much fruit. What Christ is calling you to is for you to abandon your self-will, your self-ability, your thoughts, your ideas, your strength. And to trust just in him. Just in him. Take an honest assessment of your life. And I must do the same thing. You heard uh, the Albert Einstein uh, quote about the definition of insanity. Right? Einstein said the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over but expecting different results. So let's, let's flip that definition around. If insanity is doing the same thing over and over but expecting different results, then what we could say is if you want to see something different, then you have to do something different. You want to see something you've never seen, you have to do something that you've never done. If you're not pleased, if you're not overjoyed with the amount of fruit, spiritual fruit that is being borne out in your life, maybe there's some things that you need to change and do differently. And I would start first and foremost with this. Abiding in Christ. Do you trust Jesus to do in you? Do you trust Jesus to bear out in you? Do you lay yourself down and say, I'm, I stopped doing it in my own strength, in my own ability, in my own thought, in my own intellect, in my own plans. I lay all of that down and I just trust Jesus. I'm just abiding in him. Believing by faith that he is going to bear out his fruit in me. Again, in the weeks to come, we're going to talk about the word. We're going to talk about prayer. We're going to talk about obeying his commands. We're going to talk about the fruit that's born out and all of that. But none of that is going to bear out fruit if this isn't first. You know how many people read the Bible but not by abiding in Christ? That's what Jesus said to the Pharisees. Look, you search the scriptures because you think in them you have life, but you're missing the point, me. How many people pray but aren't really abiding in Christ and trusting Jesus to bear out the fruit in them? It's just wishful thinking. It's rubbing a genie lamp. It's, it, it's just habit or memorized prayers. My question for us this morning is, do you feel, do you believe, do you see your need to abide in Christ? Do you see how sneaky it is for you to depend on your own strength and your own self-reliance? Do you reject that, turn from that, say, I don't want that. I trust that Jesus is abiding in me and he's never going to leave me. And because he's never going to leave me, I'm clinging to him. I reject everything and I just want him to bear out his fruit in me. Is this your heart? This is where we begin today. Abide 
in Christ. So I want to encourage you to bow your heads for me. And, and I want to lead us into kind of the rubber meeting the road for us. Our, our, our band is going to come up and, and they're going to sing. And, and we're going to give you time to set before the Lord and, and let him speak to you. But for some of you this morning, this means salvation. Also in John 15, verse 6, it says, If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. He's speaking of hell. For some of us today, you are not abiding in Jesus because you do not actually know Jesus. You're trying to live life in your own strength because that is the only strength you got. You don't have anything else. You're not connected to Jesus. You're not able to abide in Him. Maybe you attend church. Maybe you're a good person. Maybe you seek to live a moral life. But you've not turned from your old life and asked Jesus to make you new. Today, you need to do that. Today, I believe there are people in this room right here, right now, who need to do that. So, I would encourage you this morning to just simply confess to Jesus. I've been living my life in my own strength, trying to do my own thing. Tell him today that you turn from all of that, you reject all of that, you confess that as sin. You know that he died and rose again to set you free from that. And ask him to make you new. Again, I believe we have people in this room right now that the Lord is desiring to do that in your life. And I would encourage you, don't wait. Right now. Ask Jesus to, to make you new. To confess your desire to Him. To live just in His life and His strength forever. For others of us, you are a Christian, you, you, you know the Lord, you're connected to the Lord, but maybe the little foxes of self-reliance and self-dependence have crept into your life. Renounce that today. Renounce that today as sin. Commit to live every day in Christ's life and strength. Our band is going to lead us, and we're not going to ask you to stand and sing. Instead, we just want to encourage you to spend some time with the Lord. Uh, you're more than welcome to come up front to this altar and pray. You're welcome to pray where you are. Grab someone to pray with you, whatever you'd like. If today you need to come to faith in Jesus and salvation, you can talk to someone that you came with. You can come up front and chat with me, whatever it is you'd like to do. But I encourage you this morning right here, right now, let Jesus make you new. And for those of you, brothers and sisters in Christ this morning, who have allowed self-reliance and self-determination and self-dependence to creep in, see today that that is just not going, that's not going to end anywhere good. That's not going to bear out fruit. 
Jesus desires to do more in you than that. Even more than you could possibly think or imagine in your own strength. Confess your self-reliance and self-dependence to sin. And ask Jesus to bear out his life in you. As you abide just in him. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that you're doing this all over this place. We thank you, Jesus, that you're calling us to a life totally dependent just in you. I thank you, Jesus, that you are showing us. You're giving us glimpses and visions of what a life truly dependent just in you would look like. And I pray, Lord, that you would bring this into reality for your glory. Bear out fruit in us. It's going to remain forever. Raise up an army of people in this place who just abide in you and let you bear out just phenomenal spiritual fruit in us. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen.
close our time here this morning. I want to encourage you, God's grace and power. I want to encourage you about all that the Lord desires to do in you. And step one for us today, every one of us, myself included in this room, is let's humbly, honestly confess and repent the sin of self-reliance. We just want Jesus to do the work in us. If you're a guest with us, um, I'd love to meet you. My wife and I will be up front here. We'd love for you to come by. Uh, also, uh, in our offering, we're going to have some buckets on the side or you can give uh, online at southubc.com. But I want to encourage us just for a moment with this. Um, so we finished out 2020 and uh, uh, closed out the books. We ended 2020 bringing in about $50,000 over our budget, which is just amazing in the light of all that the year. And the bigger thing is even this. So our Lottie Moon Christmas offering, our goal was $5,000. We brought in over $16,000 for missions. Praise the Lord for that. Just fruits of God and what he's doing. But I want to take a minute and close in prayer. And again, praying over us as a body that God would bear out just amazing, glorious fruit in us for his glory. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for this fruit that you're bearing out in us. Thank you, Jesus, for the work that you're doing in us. I ask you, Lord, that you, by your grace, would do it more and more and more and more and more. I pray, Lord, that you would, in this room right now, um, God, draw us away from self-reliance. And let us, God, for your glory, just depend on you. Let us see you do this work in us. Thank you, Jesus. We abide in you. You abide in us. And in that, we're going to bear much fruit. Thank you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. We pray this in your name. Amen. God bless you guys. We love you so much. Have a great week.